The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. Next up, we have Ian, and Ian says, yo, in his yo. subject line, yo. Nice. yo he says, hey, bro, I love the podcast. It's gone from me listening to them on after meal walks to boring the crap out of everyone else at work by having them on in the background while working on site. A few things about type 1 diabetes that I've realized in my short time with it is, one, it pisses me off. (laughs) Two, it gets in the way of my life. Three, it's made me eat healthier. Oh my God, an actual plus, he says. And four, I don't actually hate it anymore. I've started to look at diabetes as a little brother. An absolute pain in the ass but a love-hate relationship. Type 1 diabetes has actually made me healthier, but since using insulin, I've put on so much weight. I always used to be middle-of-the-road fitness-wise, but with my job, the weight seems to have piled on. I'm a field service engineer and always driving. Every day is different. Some days I'm sitting at a laptop, others I'm mauling heavy shit 12 hours straight. Because of this, my levels are like a roller coaster. Getting a pump in CGM has helped, but not because of the tech, more the fact I'm now micromanaging food because before I'd be like meh and just wait a few hours after food and see. One question I have is, do you have any tips for living with type 1 diabetes and always being in hotels with unpredictable work? I'm also trying to commit to working out, but every time I try to commit, work gets in the way. And add to the fact I hate people seeing my tech and it's making me shy in the gym. My second question, and don't hate me for asking this, but... Here it goes. I have some holidays coming up and I want to spend a lot of time in the gym. I plan on removing the Omnipod and running quite higher than usual to one, stop lows while training. Would you agree? And two, if the fuel can't get into my bloods, then I'm going to burn more of what's stored. Is that right? I only came across your Insta page by pure fluke because someone liked one of your posts, but I just wanted to say I find your podcast very easy to listen to and I love the fact I can relate to so much of your stuff. Cheers, and that is from Ian. Now, there's a good bit in there. Owen, we'll have to kind of break that piece by piece. But what's your initial reaction to Ian? Yeah, there's a good bit in there, and I appreciate you getting in touch as always. And I'm glad that the podcast has helped out so far because I get the impression he is new to it, as he said, 
things I've realized with my short time with it. So that's obviously the first thing that's jumped out at me. And I think Ian listed four different things. And the first two were kind of negative. And then the second two were almost positive. Yeah. And I think that, well, that jumped out at me because obviously that's a big theme that kind of runs through this podcast is the idea of, yes, of course, there are positive parts to diabetes that we always like to try and point out. But it's also important to point out the negative sides to it. And I've said on even a number of different podcasts I've been a guest on is the idea of being realistically positive with diabetes. Like there's no point coming from it and saying, oh, everything's fantastic and it's great. And there's no negative sides to it because that's that's just not the right way to look at it, in my opinion. And it's important that we do realize the negative sides to it because, of course, there are plenty of it, as we all know firsthand. But then with those negatives that you're kind of being realistic and then realistically positive is you're acknowledging the negatives, but then also being able to point out, highlight and try to focus on the positives, which Ian has done. He said it's made him eat healthier, which seems to be a very, very similar response with a lot of people with type one. Of course, your relationship with food can become so different, but a lot of the time it can lead to you actually eating better foods because you quickly realize the benefits of quote unquote good foods, a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit, water, fueling your body with good types of food. And you realize that quickly when you, when you get type one. Another thing Ian said was he doesn't hate it anymore. And he looks at his diabetes kind of like a, a little brother. And that jumped out at me because there was a client that I was working with a while ago, really nice guy. And he has had diabetes for a long time now, but somebody he was speaking to professionally had said to him that his diabetes is, and he was telling me this and he was saying they had pointed out almost his diabetes was a teenager that he had to look after. And it was kind of like, it's constantly annoying you and it's frustrating you. And sometimes it feels as if it's out to get you, but you still have to care for it as much as it annoys you. That's a great analogy. And it can be niggling at you and pissing you off, as Ian says, but you can't get away from it. So you still have to give it that constant attention without fully obsessing over it. But the analogy of your diabetes kind of like a teenager Stood out to me because it's so true. It's kind of constantly just niggling at you, but you have to always look after it. Remind me, what else did he say? Sorry, there was loads in that email. He was looking for tips because he has a job which he it's not consistent. So sometimes he's in a hotel and mm. the work can be very unpredictable. So do you have any advice for how to look after blood sugars that go all over the place? Yeah. So with that, for me, and again, I always point out that how I would treat certain situations is what I would do personally from my own experience. This isn't me telling you what to do. But from my experience, when I am out of my typical routine, and as we all know, diabetes loves routine. The more predictable your day is, the more predictable your food is, your exercise is, inevitably the easier things are to manage. But with our life and while we live it, 
we're rarely going to be in that set routine all the time. So what we do when we're out of that routine, when things are hectic, is just as important as what we do in the routine. So the first thing that I always look at when I am out of my routine is what I'm eating and when I'm eating. What affects your blood sugar more than anything in the world is the food that you eat. That's just like the food you eat, the insulin you take. That's what has the biggest and most immediate effect on your blood sugar. So when I am out of my routine, I try to simplify what I eat as best as I can. Now, what I mean by that is instead of me going away and eating a lot of crappy food all the time and kind of getting lost in the insulin that I'm taking and the food that I'm eating and why is this blood sugar here high and why is this low and you just things can just kind of become a mess of course when I go away or I'm out of a routine I enjoy what I do I enjoy my trips and my food and these kind of things but if I can simplify my food first of all that's what helps keep me in check blood sugar wise so if I can make a small decision like Instead of getting a burger and chips tonight for dinner, can I get a burger and half chips and a salad? Or can I get a full salad? Or can I drink water instead of Coke? These simple decisions or adjustments go a long way blood sugar wise. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that Ian is living in a hotel, eating crappy food all the time. But from my experience, when we're out of a routine, what takes the first hit and what has the biggest impact on our bloods is the food that we're eating and the times in which we're eating them. So if you look at your food, and I would always personally try and prioritize a lot of veg, a lot of fruit, try and still get my protein in on trips. I know that's not going to cause too much difficulty with my bloods. Yeah. And in terms of being out of routine, and trying to get consistency in a gym workout. Do you have any advice for that? You just keep on thinking that work is getting in the way. Well, that can depend on what his work schedules are like. And I know if, if things are a bit all over the place, it's hard to predict and hard to plan. But in my opinion, no matter what you're doing, some sort of exercise or movement should be fit into your day, regardless of how busy you are. We all can fit in 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, even just a walk, yeah. even a few squats or push-ups or sit-ups in our room. Some sort of movement where possible is always a good idea. So Ian's schedule could be late nights, early mornings, all over the place during the week, which can be difficult to plan. But if he has any set day or any set time during a day that he can say, right, this is 20, 30 minutes. For me, I can go for a walk. I can do a few squats. I can do push-ups, whatever it might be. Go to the hotel gym. Movement, exercise, and food, if I'm out of a routine, are always those kind of core principles that I'll try and still prioritize in any way that I can. So it could be just a 10, 15-minute walk. And Ian does have this holiday coming up, and he says he really does want to commit himself to the gym. But removing his Omnipod to run a bit higher, he's asking, do you agree with that? Absolutely not. I know why Ian is considering it, because if we don't have insulin, and I think he pointed it out in the email, 
if we don't have insulin in our body, we can't get the nutrients from our food into our cells to use that as energy. So when we can't use the food that we're eating as energy, our body is going to essentially kind of eat at what we have stored for energy. That's why pre-diagnosis, you lose so much weight because you don't have any insulin. You can't open up your cells, get the energy from your food. Your body's eating at what it's stored, essentially. But if you're looking to reduce your insulin to lose weight, it's just not good. It's just not a good idea. First of all, it's very unhealthy. Second of all, you're going to feel terrible because your bloods are going to be consistently high. Now, I don't know how long term he's referring to, but I just wouldn't advise it at all, just for general health reasons. And also, if you lose weight quickly and let's call it not losing it the right way, not losing it in a healthy way, you're just going to put it back on straight away. If you want to be successful in losing weight long term and sticking to it, you need to understand how it works. You need to understand the exercise to do, the food to eat, the sleep to prioritize, the, the water to prioritize. If you do these things, well, if you skip these things and look for a quick fix, it's not going to be long term. And it's important that if you are serious about losing weight or you are serious about building muscle, understanding how to do it properly is the most important thing. Because if you understand how to do it, you can do it long term. You can work with somebody professionally. You can train with your friend, keep you accountable to it, whatever it might be. But it takes time. You're not going to lose 50 pounds in a week. It's unrealistic. So doing something that you enjoy, first of all, exercise wise, can keep you doing it for longer. But also, if you understand how to do it, it's important. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.